Hi, I'm your host, Lillian Yang. And I'm your host, Fakri Shafai, and you are listening to Food Nonfiction. Fakri, you're back! Yay! Yay! I had a great time in Montreal. Definitely ate way more food than I should have. Some of my favorites were Shorts's smoked meats. Have you ever been there, Lillian? I think so. I it sounds familiar, and I definitely went to the most popular smoked meat place then, when I was there. Then that's exactly where you went. It's it was amazing. I actually ended up going there twice. Once right on my way back out of town, um, right before I got on the bus to the airport. And I also went to Julieta Chocolate, which has some amazing chocolate from all over the world. They even have a hot chocolate bar, and you can try chocolate from multiple places all over the world. The hot chocolate with different cinnamons or nutmegs or anything like that. I've been there. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, it looks like we went to the same places. <laughs> and, of course, I got poutine from Montreal poutine. The kind of cheese that kind of squeaks when you mm-hmm. chew. Really different. So, anyways, had a great trip, but I'm uh, back and eating healthy now. It's diet time. So we're super glad that you're back. Then this podcast won't just be one monotone voice. So this is a bonus episode. You're going to get two episodes this week. When we were doing research for our giant panda and bamboo episode, we read a National Geographic article about giant pandas competing with giant apes for bamboo. There used to be giant apes. How big do researchers think Gigantopithecus was? Well, that's kind of hard to estimate based on the teeth, but basically we're saying it was probably in the range of 700 to 800 pounds. And maybe if it stood on its hind limbs, it might have got up to around 8 feet or a little more. If you think about the gorilla, the gorilla is the largest living ape, and the largest males weigh in about 400 pounds, and they might stand, you know, a little over five feet or a little more when they stand on their hind limbs. So Gigano would have been would have stood taller when it stood up. Remember, it was a quadruped. It walked on all fours. The giant apes of the past are called Gigantopithecus. Giganto meaning giant, pithecus meaning ape. They lived in the same area and the same time as ancient giant pandas. Let's just start from the beginning so the interview has some narrative to it. Tell me about the Gigantopithecus. What's well, not the Gigantopithecus? <laughs> okay. Thank you. It's just Gigantopithecus. Gigantopithecus uh, uh, was a large ape that lived from about six million years ago up till maybe 300,000 years ago or even less. Um, And it lived in southern China uh, and in Vietnam and Burma. And also um, the earliest species lived in India. So it's basically really in that Southeast Asian realm. So according to the article, researcher Huang Wanbo believes that the giant apes competed with giant pandas for food and habitat then lost out and died out. We had to go to the Gigantopithecus expert, Dr. Russell Shahan, to learn more. It may not be quite that simple, okay? (laughs) 
Yeah. You know, just because the National Geographic said <laughs> it, we don't really have any evidence of that. Of course, the story is never as simple as it first appears. My name is Russell Shahan. I'm a paleoanthropologist at the University of Iowa. Hi, this is Lillian. Hey, Lillian. So, um, how's your eyes? Really nice professor. He asked me about how my eye was doing because I've had some complications with my PRK surgery. There's lots of kinds of bamboo. It might be that pandas were eating one kind of bamboo and giganto another kind. So really there's no evidence that the giant ape actually competed with the giant pandas. In fact, they might have been quite friendly around each other. We know the giganto went extinct. The giant panda did not. But it was more than likely that Giganto went extinct because it was such a large primate. And a lot of very large species went extinct at the end of the Ice Age, which is when we see the last Giganto. So when you're trying to recreate the sort of lifestyle they had, what sort of contact would you imagine they had with panda bears? Did they just see them around or... Would no, they... I would think they were they were friends. I mean, okay. they were in the same environment. They would have seen each other. Um, since they're both vegetarian, neither would be very much interested in the other. We asked how the researchers know what Gigantopithecus ate. We surmise that Gigantopithecus ate um, bamboo because we found bamboo phytoliths on its teeth. Tell me as much as you know about their diet. Well, I've done some studies on the teeth. And we're looking for phytoliths. Phytoliths are these little, we call them plant stones. That's what the word phytolith means. Phyto means plant and, and lith stone. And basically, when plants take up chemicals into their vascular system, they deposit these chemicals either inside the cells or between the cell walls. And some of those chemicals solidify. If you've ever felt a piece of bamboo, you can feel the roughness of it. And that's because of the phytoliths in the bamboo and in the grass. So um, because of our understanding of phytoliths and their shapes, when we looked closely at the teeth of Gigantopithecus, we found um, phytoliths that looked like those from bamboo or other grasses. We also found phytoliths that um, looked like um, they came from the, um, uh, the from the durian. Durian is a very smelly tropical fruit. So we found phytoliths that uh, that appeared to match the same kind of phytoliths we see in in uh, durian. Now, so we assumed Giganto was eating eating both bamboo and also eating durian. So we have evidence from you know, phytoliths that were, that were adhering to the teeth. Literally, when Giganto bit into this, the phytoliths being stone stuck in the enamel of the tooth. So that's one way we know about its diet. Also, we know there's, two, there's three jaws, and the jaws are very deep, very robust, very thick um, uh, corpus. That's the body of the jaw. And you don't see that kind of thickened jaw in in a species that isn't eating a very tough food. And that's another indirect reason. So even before we found phytoliths, uh, various authors had proposed that Giganto might be eating bamboo because it was found in an area where bamboo is one of the most prevalent plants. And it had these incredibly tough jaws, also very thick enamel on its teeth. How do you find phytoliths? Is it with a microscope? Yes, with a, a scanning electron microscope. 
and we we put the tooth under under in, in this special kind of microscope and we look at it and we slowly you know, scan the surface, and then all of a sudden you'll just see a phytolith. Tell me the story of how they became extinct. Yeah, well, we don't know exactly how they became extinct. So I just got back from China just actually um, uh, three weeks ago. I was in Guangxi, and we were in uh, caves in southern China. These caves have been excavated by my Chinese colleagues. They had found Giganto, and they asked me to to bring in an expert in dating, um, you know, in dating the age of the caves and of the fossils in them. So I asked Kira Westaway, and we took samples for dating. And, of course, the reason we did that is we think we want to find the latest dated occurrence of Gigano. Right now, we think Gigano lived until around 300, 350,000 years ago. That would be in the pretty much in the uh, middle of the middle place to see. Now, in terms of why it went extinct, you know, uh, basically a, one thing interesting about it. A recent paper has come out that I was co-author on. A bunch, a bunch of us that work on Gigano uh, wrote the paper together in the Journal of Human Evolution, and that paper showed that Gigantopithecus over time became larger. So the Giganto from 2 million years ago was smaller than the Gigano from 1.5 million years ago. So the older ones are smaller, the younger ones are bigger. So again, if you know anything about Pleistocene mammals, a lot of mammals continue to increase in size throughout the Pleistocene. And then when there was a change in climate or some other something else happened, basically they were unable to adapt, and so they went extinct. And it may be the Giganto followed that same pattern. That's too bad. Sound- <laughs> too bad. <laughs> they well, sound like something I'd want to see. <laughs> well, sure. The first evidence of Giganto actually came from an apothecary shop where four Giganto teeth were sold as dragon teeth. It was named in 1935 based on just four teeth that it came from an apothecary shop in China. So a lot of the fossils from caves in southern China ended up in these apothecary shops because they uh, were thought to have medicinal value. They were considered dragon's teeth. Since that find from the apothecary shop, researchers have found a relative wealth of giganto remains. There's a the famous site, it's called Gigantopithecus Cave, and that's in southern China in Guangxi. And that cave site has the largest collection of gigantos. And they lived in caves? No, they okay. did not live in caves. Nope, they, the bones are found in caves, the teeth are found in caves, mainly because when the apes die, or when all the species die, porcupines, which love to eat the bones, uh, fossil bones, because, you know, porcupines need calcium for their quills, they will drag the bones into caves, and they will <laughs> chew up the bones. So all we have are teeth. And... The reason these three jaws of Gigantopithecus didn't get chewed up is because they were so thick. We hope you enjoyed the bonus episode, Food Buffs. You'll hear more from us in a day or two. The next episode is on the mysterious appearance of fruit flies. Cool. Done. Sweet. Save it and then do the other one. Okay, hold on. Stop.